On today's episode of Cybered Sports. And, you know, the fans aren't, like, ruthless or nothing like that. Because we suck. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. You called Pedro Martinez a bitch. <laughs> I, I, I gotta... He looked at me like this. Yeah. Oh, 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 yeah. Oh, Fucking juice, let him know. Hello, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to episode number Ocho of Siren Sports. I am your host. I go by the name of town. Next to me, as usual, your co-host Rico. You know the usual question. How you living, bro? Life is good, in the words of future. <laughs> uh, 92 episodes left to 100. Tell your mama, tell your grandma, tell your third cousin. Twice, let them know. Twice removed, man. You got to let them know. So uh, the past seven weeks, me and Rico have been doing Cyber Sports, man, and it's been me and him, and we've been chopping it up, talking a lot of sports. But today, we're going to do something a little different. We would like to welcome our very first guest to the show. Please make some motherfucking noise for the old man himself, Gary! Gary Vick in the house. Good afternoon, fellas. Good afternoon. Don't ask why I got up here so fast because I parked in the front. I got my little placard. <laughs> when you're 41 like me, sir, uh, you know, you, you need to park up front. No. I mean, they got they got the ramp access for you and everything. Yeah, that's it, man. I need something slow, slow for these for these bad knees, player. Hey, I feel you, man. Hey, fellas, but thank you very much for having me on. I'm I dig your show. I, I dig the energy. And hey, man, you guys put on a great production. Just glad to be a part of the show, man. Yes, well, thank you for reaching out. Thank you for coming. Thank you for being a part of it. Um, we're glad to have you. Glad to hear your insight. Um, Gary's the baseball man. This man will tell you how many times a baseball turns a second, man. It's uh, it's pretty crazy. But we're gonna get into some uh, crazy shit today. Now, Gary, I got I got to start with a story. You called Pedro Martinez a bitch. <laughs> I got I, I got to hear the story with this. What happened there? So, I was telling Rico the other day. I said, you know, he brought up the whole you guys wanted me on and stuff like that to be the first guest, and I was like, cool, let's let's do it. But I got this great baseball story that I got to tell you guys. So, take you back to 1992, Chavez Ravine, Dodger Stadium. Fresh out the L.A. riots, you know what I'm saying? April, it was April 29th, 92 is when the riot happened. So a little bit after that, everything goes back to normal and everything. Pops calls me up. Gary, we're going to the Dodger game today. I'm like, all right, cool. Let's, let's get everything ready and go. Back then, we can go to the Dodger game like nothing. You know, it was during the week. Left Field Pavilion, $6 seats we go. We go on in and we get the program. And Pop just goes, damn it. I said, what's wrong? I said, Pedro Martinez is pitching today. Now, mind you, the Dodgers signed Pedro Martinez in 88, 89, when he was 18 years old at the DR, okay? He actually got his first start to play in 92, and he only asked the year. Then he went on to Montreal. His career blew up and everything like that. The rest is history. Then Boston, Hall of Famer, what have you. So right away, we find this out. And back then, the pitchers would warm up right next to the bleachers in left field. So you can literally walk up the stairs. You can look down, and you can see everybody pitching. So me and my cousin Javi go over there. We're, we're reading over, and we're looking. I was like, man, this... Seeing this dude pitch right here, he mm-hmm. don't look that bad to me. But then I just remember what my pop said. My pop said, he's horrible. He's garbage. He said, we should have went to the movies and gotten popcorn and a soda because it'd be more entertaining than watching Pedro Martinez pitch today. You know, he's going to be pitching beach balls up there. So anyway, everybody's sitting there clamoring at him. You know, a lot of Hispanics are in left field. That's just what it predominantly is in Dodger Stadium. You know what I mean? So everybody's talking to him, talking in Spanish. And all of a sudden, somebody starts yelling out something in Spanish, you know. Pedro, pinche, Pedro, pelotas más grandes, you suck, you know. So I'm like, yeah, I'm hyping up. I'm looking around, and he's just pitching like nothing, warming up. And, and all of a sudden, I, everybody else starts barking at him, and it just got quiet. You can see it's kind of getting to him. He's wiping his head off. He's, he's kind of glancing up and this and that. 
And for some reason, everybody decided to shut the fuck up when I decided to speak out. Yo, Pedro, you fucking suck. And this man, I don't know if you see me, he looked at me like this. Like a grown man looking at a child. That, that shit still sits with me to this day. I ran to my fucking seat with my cousin. I sat there like I was in church. Oh, you were proper the rest oh, of the game. Oh, I did not want no smoke from Pedro. A grown man, a Major League Baseball player acknowledged me, looked me in the eye. <laughs> and I will never forget it. Those, the, the eyes. The eyes of a grown man looking at you dead in the eye and just... Uh, a baseball player. And then come to find out, you know, years later, Pedro Martinez came to who it was, to, came to be who he is nowadays. And it was just kind of like, man, like. That's a story you could tell forever. Oh, Jesus Christ. I still, I, I could close my eyes and now I could think about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's funny, man. Um, I, I kind of have, not, I wouldn't say a similar story, but my, my favorite interaction at a game that I went to was a Broncos Raiders game on Christmas Eve. And I was, I was 10 years old. This was my first game ever. I'm throwing drinks on Raiders fan. It, it's, it's crazy. And they're getting thrown out. It was like, it was some crazy. I looking back, I feel bad. I was got some home field advantage right there. Oh, sir. Yeah. Sure. I was, I was definitely that little 10 year old asshole just talking. Like I took that shit so serious. Like if the Broncos lost, you couldn't talk to me for a week. So I got you. It'd be like that. No, yeah, it'd definitely be like that. So, uh, you know, like I said earlier, you're the baseball man. And me personally, I don't have too much of a view of baseball, the major leagues outside of the Colorado Rockies. And we all know what a <laughs> trash. trash can that is. You guys so, got great um, seats, great seat prices when you guys oh, start doing bad. Definitely. <laughs> I, could take my, I could take my small village of children over there for like $200. No, seriously. And then you you go and then like, I, me personally, I don't even watch the game when I go to Coors Field. I, I don't. Like, I, I go and I get drunk. That's... That seems to be the norm, you yeah. know what I mean? But it is a beautiful stadium, you know, even the ambiance around downtown and stuff like that. There's so many nice sights and sounds to see. It's a clean stadium, I'll give it to you with that. And, you know, the fans aren't, like, ruthless or nothing like that. Because we suck. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. But we like to call it Dodger Stadium East, you know, because that big statue you got out in front, it does say Branch Ricky on it and there's like a little quote with a little kid on there i'm just saying i'm just saying but but yeah man i mean uh from from my point of view i love baseball i loved it since i was a kid uh, i think it's the greatest game of all time 162 days or 162 games pretty much eight months out of the year you're watching baseball you know we got the shortest span with the off season you know what i mean the world series ends in november now spring training starts up in february and this year is just nothing different man i mean you got so many international players coming off of the world baseball classic you know that brought up so much steam and so much enthusiasm for the game internationally and then you got studs like otani coming out you know what i mean baller yeah man i mean just uh, i forget the, the gentleman's head uh, name off the top of my head but the the rookie for for boston i think it's yoshida or yoshimura another japanese player that came on through you know what i mean you got kodai from Korea pitching for the Mets. He's throwing bombs right now with that ghost fork. The man invented a new pitch and he's coming out here with it. And then you got all the Latin American players. You know, you got Vladdy Jr., you got Ronald Acuna Jr., you got Tatis, you got Machado. So there's just a lot more interest in the game nowadays, I feel, than there's been in decades. That's that's good for baseball because baseball was on the decline for a long time along, it was. among American viewers, anyways. But I think for baseball survival, they needed to go international and try to find that crowd over there. I think that they did, and I think that the World Baseball Classic had a lot to do with it, especially after the Olympics dropped baseball back in the, back in the early 2000s. I think it was 2000, 
2004 or something like that, 2002, when the Olympics were out, and they just decided to drop it because there wasn't enough interest. So it sparked a lot of interest when the World Baseball Classic came around globally and everything. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. But nowadays, I mean, that and then the, the new rule changes that they have, you know, they incorporate the pitch clock. They make the bases bigger. You know, it's speeding up the game. The runs are up. The game time is down. So, I mean, I think for a viewer standpoint, if you always say baseball is boring, you ain't got two hours to go watch, you know, some of the greatest baseball players of all time go. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's what some of these games have been going this year, especially when you got two stud pitchers out there, you know? Yeah, for sure. You got like a Max Scherzer versus a Kershaw, you know, there's no time to fuck around. I mean, everybody's in and out, in and out, boom, 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 you know? They're going to be throwing strikes, and you're going to hit them where you're not. So exactly. that's it, yes. Exactly. Appreciate greatness. I definitely agree on that, though, because World Baseball Classic, everybody was talking about it during during the summer. Like, it, it definitely was the thing, especially, like, Everybody's talking about Mexico. Everybody's talking about USA. And then Japan wins. As someone that doesn't watch that much baseball, I feel like it's just grown. It's grown way more on me, honestly. It's a straight-up international all-star game. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, when you get yeah. the best Dominican players, Dominican lining was stacked. My Venezuela brother. was stacked. Puerto Rico, stacked. USA, everybody came out the woodworks. You know, you got players like Trout. They've been trying to get him in there for the last three or four World Baseball Classics. You know what I'm saying? Um, what's it called? Tim Anderson, uh, Mookie Betts. I mean, Freddie Freeman playing for Canada. I mean, like, everybody came out to play. And a lot of people ignored... The only real opposition of it, just like anybody else would, is just like, hey, these major league clubs are paying you tens of millions of dollars to play this game. Don't go out there and injure yourself. Altuve did, unfortunately, in the semifinal game or the quarterfinal game, I think it was against Puerto Rico, and he broke his thumb. He's still out. He just came back. You know what I mean? That's the only okay. downfall to it. You yeah. know what I mean? That's what I can think. Like, if I'm an owner and, you know, I got you guys playing for me, I don't want you guys to go out there and injure yourself with stuff like that. Yeah. But then you see the ambiance. You see the crowd. You see the mm -hmm. energy. If you guys look at it, if if anybody at home, you get a chance, look up like World Baseball Classic highlights, especially when the second round or the first round was in Miami. Watch Puerto Rico play DR. Watch DR play Venezuela. Watch Venezuela play. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's like a World Cup. It really is. And it's just so much energy. There's there's nothing to, to even compare it to, I, I think, personally, from a baseball standpoint. So, yeah. That's what I enjoy about it, though, too, because these players are going out there and playing so people can watch them, especially like younger kids like that want to grow up to be like them. Instead of canceling and out saying, oh, I don't want to play, they're actually playing. Unlike, you know, how the NFL has the Pro Bowl, not everybody really wants to play that no more. But these guys are going out of their way before the season starts to play in another tournament to do it for their country, but also to do it for, like, the kids, too. So I like that. Yeah, definitely. I, I could see it from both sides. Like, it's entertaining from a fan perspective. I also look at it from a business side where there is a lot of risk being taken by these owners letting their players go tr play in like a lot of tournaments. And that brings me back to something that the NBA just implemented in their new CBA, the new play-in tournament in the middle of the season. I I don't see the point of that. Like you're, you're risking injury for a tournament that's not going to matter anything in the end of the season. All it is is an extra game for the owners to go ahead and financially capitalize. Oh, for, for sure. You know what I mean? Concessions, parking, ticket prices alone, you know, TV deals, commercials, mm -hmm. advertisements, endorsements. It's all cash in pocket. Definitely. That's all it is. That's, that's why I think, you know, like they added the extra games and stuff like that in the NFL too. Same thing. Yeah. Nobody really benefits from it. I mean, the fans to, you know, to an extent, but they're just making more money off of their product. Yeah. You know what I mean? By adding that extra game. Who cares if so-and-so gets injured or hurt, you know? Bring me in that extra $2 billion for TV rights and money. Oh, for sure. And that, at the end of the day, it is a business and, you know, they're going to that's true. They're gonna do what they need to do to make their bread. And that's that's the bottom line of it. Um, there's very few owners and people who actually care about putting a winning product on the field next to making the money with it. 
It's very, very rare. You got to give it up to Mr. Conkey, though, because if Mr. Conkey uh, pulls it out with the Nuggets, what will that be? That'll be the Avalanche, the Rams, and now the Nuggets. And and the Mammoth. And the Mammoth. Excuse me. Four. Four. No, Conkey's winning right now. Oh, he's winning in life. He also owns, even though they, they blew their chances in the Premier League, he also owns the international uh, English team, Arsenal. But really? Yeah. He owns like two two English uh, Premier League teams. Dang, Gronky got the juice. Yeah, he he has the juice. Um, he really got the juice. Yeah, little a uh, little not so well known fact. He is an in law of the Broncos owner Rob Walton. What? Yeah. Money talks. How, how how did that happen? Uh, I mean, you you know there was a few calls placed beforehand. You know <laughs> you're gonna marry him. No, six degrees of separation, two degrees of separation. Uh, it, that's that's like a degree and a half of separation. Yeah, that really really is. Yeah, so they're, they're, I'm sure they're having a nice little family feud right now in the Denver market. Oh, goodness gracious. Money, money, money. Money, money, money. So, all right, so back to the topic of baseball. Who do you think is going to take the championship this year? It's honestly a coin toss. We're only in May. There's a lot of contenders. And after last year, when I really thought my Dodgers had it, having the best record in baseball and getting clipped in the first round and the best of five series to San Diego, Ooh. I'm going back to... to to my gut, I mean, anything can happen. That's why I love the game. I mean, it's one of the few games that you can actually play without a time limit, and it's over when it's over. I love my Dodgers. I love their chances. If they can stay healthy, yes. But honestly, the way it's looking right now, Houston. Houston is still studly. Yeah. I mean, Bregman, you just brought in Abreu. You got Jordi Alvarez. I mean, dog, like, they're just studs. They're just studs. And they've been consistent with it, and they've been low-key consistent with it, you know? Yeah. They, they've been contenders for, like, the last five, six years, mm -hmm. you know, as opposed to beforehand just being off. And they've lost Correa in the process. They've lost, you know, several other key players. You know, Verlander is gone and stuff like that. You know, they had uh, Chris, or not. Chris Sale. They had Zach Granke for a while. He was part of their run. All these guys falling off, but they still recoup, and then they still bring players back that are great role players and stuff like that. So I'm always going to say Houston. There's no more cheating scandals. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm still a little salty about that. <laughs> well, yeah, they've no, they've been you know in contention for quite a while now. They've built themselves quite a program despite of that scandal that happened a few years back. But um, you know that's that says a lot. Um, who do you think is gonna take like uh, MVP in each league? MVP in each league is is still up. Honestly, like I said, it's very very young. But I like the way Acuna is coming back from that knee injury that he had last year and stuff. He is a phenomenal base runner. He's on pace to do like another 40-40 season. You know what I mean? For forty home runs, forty stolen bases, he is off the chart. The American League, it's really hard to go against Shohei. I mean, that dude is gonna break. All records next year when the Dodgers sign him as a free agent. You heard it here first on Siren Sports. You heard it here first. Dodgers going to sign a half a billion dollar contract for Shohei. Just saying. But that man, great pitcher, great batter. You don't have to worry about him fielding and stuff like that. On paper, he is a $220 million over eight-year pitcher. And on paper, he's a $250 million over 10-year batter. So combine those numbers, sir, and you got 5, 10 over 9. You know what I mean? That's what I'm yeah, thinking. Wow, that's, yeah. that's a hell of a contract. And not only that, I mean, what can I say? I mean... You're paying a lot for it, yes, but it's it's either a big investment and it's a big risk, but with great risk comes great reward. Yeah, that's that's true. And the the difference between Major League Baseball contracts and, say, NFL contracts is that, that money's guaranteed. And Tony Clark said at the head of the players' union, said, we will never have a salary cap. Never. They're always going to get fed. And... You love to see it. You love to see it. I, I'm I'm happy that that gives owners who want to win the opportunity to really go out and break the bank to get that roster. But... At the same time, that also cripples markets like, you know, 
the Colorado Rockies where you have Dick Monfort who owns the Rockies. He's really not going to be in contention. Yeah. He can't stay up with the big ones because he doesn't open up the book, but also he has to have some better front management, front yeah. office management. I mean, you guys let go of Nolan Arenado last year. I think it was for, for Rico's jersey, a pack of peanuts. And and we're going to pay you to take him. Hold yeah, on, and, and on, an RTD on, pass. On, an all-day RTD on. pass. So. This, is, this is a Kobe jersey. We will not disre- disrespect the GOAT. It was, that's why it was included. It's, it's respected. <laughs> no disrespect to Kobe. It wasn't a Trevor Story away alternate jersey, sir. <laughs> like, come on now. <laughs> no, but I mean, that's what a lot of it is. You have to be investing in your product. And to be honest with you, it's just not a big baseball town. You know, you guys had the Blake Street Bombers and all that stuff. You know, that was early 2000s. And even when they started, when they came into fruition in 95, those were great teams, you know. Galarraga, um, Ellis Burke, Dante Bichette. Eric Young. Larry Walker. All these guys were studs, man. And then after a while, they just couldn't keep up with the rest of the pack. Other teams came through. The team disintegrates and goes apart. And it's very, very hard to keep that core group nowadays. That's why I love my Dodgers so much because our farm system we're just recycling players, recycling players. We got rid of Corey Seeker because he wanted the bag. Sorry, man. I got five more cats that can play shortstop at second base. He's ready to come up. Right. Good luck in Texas, by all means. You know what I mean? And that's just what happens. And then other player or other teams try to buy the markets right now, like San Diego, for instance. Mm-hmm. They bought you Darvish. They bought Blake Snell. They spent a bunch of money to re-sign Machado. They spent even more money on Tatis. Then the soft season, what else they do? Go out and get Xander Bogarts. Go out and get Juan Soto and re-sign him. So you're trying to buy it. And right now, they're eight games behind in first place. So it just goes to show to you, unless you have the camaraderie, unless you have that cohesive unit and stuff like that, you could buy whoever you want. You know what I mean? But it's a bunch of individuals, not a team. So. I, I was just going to ask you that, too. As someone that's a Dodgers fan, how do you feel about the rival Padres? Oh, I fucking hate them. They could suck my cock from the back. But atrás, you know what I mean? They can really suck my dick between my butt cheeks, from my ass, from the back. I just don't care for them. You know, I, I really don't, but respectfully at the game, you know, I'll be with my kids and I'll be straight and stuff like that yeah. because nowadays people are stupid, you know, everybody oh, yeah. bring a gun or fight and shit like that. I like to talk my shit, but they're always going to be our little brother to the South. You know what I mean? Some little guy, some little San Diego potty, little fryer. You know what I mean? It's just what it is. I mean, you're just trying to be like big brother. You know what I mean? You guys can wear our shoes for a little bit and stuff. And, you know, bottom line, we've won the West nine out of 10 years. You know, yeah. the only time that we lost it was what, two years ago against the Padre or against the Giants mm-hmm. by one game, sir. The second half of the season, they had the exact same fucking record at the All-Star break, and they could not pass one game. But nine out of ten years, that just shows consistency. Yeah, it does. Don't really care for the Padres and stuff like that. But, yeah, we'll just see what happens. I mean, if it happens, it happens. You know, it's good for good for the state, I guess. But, you know, that's pretty much it. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> oh, for sure. Now, you said something earlier that intrigued me. You said a, a pitcher invented a new pitch. Yes, yes. Kodai Singa. So I'm going to hand you this baseball. Show show me what you're talking about. So Kodai Senga. A lot of people throw their regular baseball like this with their fingers on the seams, right? Catchers going across is throw throw your four-seam fastball. That's how I've known it. It could be up for debate. Now, when you throw your split finger, you put your hands on the side like this. You have your arm motion going straight with the same velocity, but the way that the ball slides off, it just goes slower. That's what makes it a split finger. Kodai Senga's ass. (laughs) I want to see if I can hold this correctly. I want to say he holds it like this. No, no, hold on. It was almost like this with the seam coming out right here. And he throws it. And when he throws it, he throws it at almost a side angle. And if you YouTube it, you can look at it. You can see the ball spin in rotation like that. But the RPMs drop more than half. So the average fastball is like 2,500, 2,250 to 2,500 RPMs from the delivery to the catcher's mitt, right? Kodai Singa's ghost forkball is half that. 
and this bitch just drops. It, it's 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 probably the sexiest thing I've seen since fuck. I don't even know. But like, it's so dope to watch it because I used to be a catcher and to watch how players can manipulate a baseball and can make this thing drop. Six inches, nine inches, top left, bottom right. You throw something that cuts in when you're a right-handed pitcher on a right-handed batter. The manipulation, the arm strength, the trajectory, the kick, the, the, the mystique behind it. It's a science. Dog, it really is. And this guy created this pitch. So it's kind of like, dog, you're taking it all to a whole nother level now because there's not even any, any like background footage. Like, okay, how is this pitch going to go off his finger? What am I looking for yeah. to watch it? By the time it's coming, it's too late. It already dropped on it. But yeah, man, watch out for Kodai Senga, Mets pitcher. He's a rookie. He's spent the last three years that he was in the Korean leagues and stuff like that. He was the win. He was leading the leagues in wins, leading the league in strikeouts. He's a stud. Watch out for him, man. He's okay. he's legit. Hey, good to know. Good to know, man. I know. I used to be baffled at the knuckleball. Yeah. And the way that would just hang there. Yeah. In it's so hard to throw because you have to grip it like that, mm -hmm. and you have to throw it where that the, the weight of the baseball is so perfectly evenly matched with the seams and the way that, they, that it's constructed. To have no rotation on it, it literally has nowhere to go. It's yeah. literally lost in the air. So you could hit a pocket of hot air, and it could raise or it can drop. It's yeah. just... It's just one of those things. Gaylord Perry used to throw a mean knuckleball. Uh, Phil Necro used to throw a nasty one. Most recently was R.A. Dickey. He pitched for the Mets, and then he went to uh, Toronto and then just kind of fell off. You know, he, he got his bag, and then he was done. But yeah, not that many people throw that anymore. Yeah, man, it's a it's a beautiful pitch if you can master it. If you can catch it or you can hit it, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd be a terrible baseball player. I couldn't do that for shit. I, I see people, like, try to play baseball, and I'm like, bro, I couldn't do it. Like, you have to have so much coordination and just – Patience to do it. I get frustrated. I get mad as fuck. I'll break. The, I'll break that down really quick. That's why it's the it's the hardest thing to do in sports, and I'll debate you guys on it. Oh yeah, I believe it. A round round ball, round bat, coming at you. You have less than three tenths of a seconds to decide whether to swing, and then your whole body has to go through it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It is just it's so hard to hit it straight. But when you do and you hit it straight, it feels like nothing. And that's, that's what I love about baseball, man. Hitting the frozen ropes and stuff like that. Yeah, no bombs, no dingers. Just like my pops used to do. Just sit there, old man status. And just jog the first like that. There's nothing, nothing else to do. That's, that's it. Like some Jackie Robinson right there. Pretty much, yeah, man. Just just get up there and get a hit. Without, that's it. Without the racism, though. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. No, I, I truly do wish that... Uh, Denver was more of a of a baseball town to the point where we could get invested a little bit more in the in the local team and you know the local farm system that we have. But you know when it when it is successful, I've seen some great things out of this city. The uh, the 2007 Rocktober run that they went on, I have never seen this city so hype. Like that was that was magical. It was just unfortunate that they went against a team that just got done doing something that had never been done in history with the Yankees blowing the, you know, the three nothing lead to Boston. And then Boston just came in so hot and yeah. it was just kind of like, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. At, at that point. And you know, that, that was kind of my big worry with, with the nuggets that with their big layoff, because the Rockies went through that postseason, they pretty much swept everybody and they had a really long layoff between Nine when days. they, yeah. When they finished off the NLCS and when they got to the world series against Boston, it was a, it was a long layoff. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. That was even longer. I thought you were talking about the nuggets right now because they were on a nine day layoff. Yeah. Yes. And so that, that was just kind of where my concerns came from, but it, it, I'm going to use this to transition over to talking about the NBA finals. Denver came out and looked fucking great. I hate to say it. They did. They did. They bullied the fuck out of them. But even before the game started, you guys catch the national anthem? Terrible. Whose barbershop quartet was that? Who put their name in the hat? Were they just going, fuck, who are we going to get to go 
ahead, sing the national. I got it. Call up Nathan Ratliff right now. Nate, and that's the dude that sung the song, that starts singing. Nate Ratliff. I swear to God, I had a couple drinks before I watched the game. I turned it on. I was like, is this a blind quartet? Is this the men's club, motoring club of Denver, Colorado? And they just happened like, you know what? Fucking sing it, dog. Do it. <laughs> At this point, I don't know which was worse, that or like, when Fergie, uh, when Fergie, when Fergie at the All Star game, do the Draymond Green, they were like, "Oh shit!" Uh. <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty bad. I feel like they just found them on Colfax somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, but back to the game. What you guys were saying, though, I completely agree. I not a Nuggets fan. I'm a diehard Lakers fan. I'm all, I'm all Cali Dodgers, Raiders, Lakers, Trojans. But I gotta respect great basketball and the ball movement that they had. The 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 persistence that they had to penetrate and go to the paint, set shots, rebounds, transition. They were just on point. I was just like, fuck. So I talk so much shit. <laughs> no. It's insane because watching the game, I've already known before the game, everyone was talking about it. Like the biggest problem with the Heat was going to be their size. And right off the bat, fucking Aaron Gordon, damn near getting 10 points in like the first five minutes of the game because he's getting mismatches and that's going to be the Heat's problem, and the, that's going to be their downfall is they don't have the size to compete against Jokic and Aaron Gordon. So, Well, if you, if you look at the game plan that they went in against the Nuggets with, they tried to make Jokic a scorer. They tried to say, if, you, if you're going to beat us, you're going to do it by scoring. The problem is you don't have the people to cover Aaron Gordon and Jamal Murray and Michael Porter consistently. So he was able to find them in good positions, and the best player in the, on the team is always going to make the best choice. Like, that's just the person that he is. He he can see plays before they happen. He sees three frames ahead of everybody. He has great court vision. He has great court vision and great ball-making uh, ball decisions and stuff like that. You know, he really does remind me. I know they said it on, like, the major commentaries and stuff, but he reminds me of, like, old-school Vlade. When Vlade stopped like trying so hard and actually had like, you know, a core group around him where he can actually facilitate more and stuff. Mm -hmm. And more so Arvidas Sabonis. Arvidas Sabonis, you guys want to go some old school stuff. Look at him when he used to play with Serbia when he was younger, before he had all of his knee surgeries and stuff. And he was part of that run with uh, with the Portland Trailblazers when they had Pippen and they had Rasheed Wallace and they had Damon Stoudemire, you know what I'm saying? And th that was a great team too. But that's who he reminds me of most because he knew when to score, he knew when to pass. And man, you got a healthy Jamal Murray jumping up and down like his knees are completely fine. I remember that was a huge story last year when he wouldn't play in the playoffs. And I've had ACL surgeries too, and he didn't didn't feel comfortable. Yeah. Thank God he took out that extra time out because look at him, man. He was yeah. balling, balling oh, this whole sure. postseason. I think I think Nuggets fans were trying to rush him back too quick. They were trying to succeed in last year's playoffs. But I think the ownership and the leadership of the Nuggets looked at it long term. And and they were they were okay with saying you know what yeah we'll we'll take an early exit this year if that means we get a healthy Jamal and a chance at a championship next year and look at where they're at now they are they are literally three games away three more games you guys think it's gonna happen I I think it is man I think it is but my question is if you're Eric Spolstra what do you do adapt and overcome you're just gonna have to roll with it you know what I mean you're literally gonna have to try every single scheme until you find something that works it's like throwing darts at the board you're gonna hit something sooner or later maybe too late maybe after the fact maybe sometimes they just don't got the juice yeah. they just don't have it I will say too also maybe Tyler Hero come back coming back helps them a little bit because if you look at it the other day Max Strauss and uh Caleb Martin struggled Over. bad like Caleb Martin had like one three and they shot like seventeen and they they shot terribly. They shot terribly. Like 
they shot themselves out of the game, especially Caleb Martin after he had a phenomenal game seven. I, I, I don't know what happened. So, Do you think that has to do with like maybe the nerves of going into the NBA Finals? I feel like it is a lot of pressure, too, because everyone was talking about, oh, how great Caleb Martin did. And you're going into a game now where you're fighting for a championship. So I, I think it could have been too much pressure on him. I think it would have been better if Jay Cole was here, too, because he would have looked over and Jay would have. You guys heard that story, right? No, but how, how Jay Cole helped uh, Martin get in the league and all that stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's a great story if you ever get a chance to look at yeah, it. I'll have to check that out. I haven't heard that one. So, yeah, yeah I know I know Jay Cole is well-connected in the NBA circles. Yeah. So, uh, Rico, how you see the rest of the series playing out? I can't even believe I'm about to say this, but if the Heat don't find a way to bounce back and overcome their their size problem, if they don't start shooting better, I can't believe I'm even saying this, but Nuggets in four. Upper room. They headed to the upper room. I I, I want I wanted to say five, but like it, it realistically, they just don't have the team to beat them. So I'm saying Nuggets in four. Okay, he's calling for the brooms, Gary. What you thinking? I'm with Rico, man. I mean, unless they figure out this problem and stuff like that, I mean, no matter what, I think Miami's still gonna put up a fight at home. If they can steal one over here, I would be amazed. Yeah. I was amazed when I saw the line at eight and a half. And I was like, there's no fucking way they're going to beat them in the finals mm-hmm. by nine, one by 11. Yeah. And I was just, man. But at any given time, Jimmy Butler could just turn on, you know, all of a sudden Nuggets could go cold. I don't necessarily see it happening. I gave the Heat one. I got the Nuggets going five. Five, okay. I... I have it going five two. I think Jimmy Butler can pull out one at home. I think he channels his uh, his inner pops. Jeffrey Jordan. <laughs> Give me Jeffrey Jordan. Give me Jeffrey Jordan. You know the Jordan is his dad though, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's what we're going off. So uh, yeah, he's gonna channel his pops. I think in one game. I think he can carry them to one game. Um, that's about it. Even if Tyler Hero comes back, I don't see him providing enough of a spark to to give the Heat enough of a boost to win. And even, even if he does come back, though, it's kind of messing with the cohesiveness of the unit. They've been playing without him for a good amount of time. You can't just throw somebody rusty like that, especially coming off an injury in the finals of all times. It's like, oh, yeah, just go out there and just do what you were doing before. <laughs> it don't work like that. No, it really it really doesn't. There, there's, a, there's a chemistry that's built with the team that's playing on the court right now. And, yeah, any, any little thing will throw that off. It'll be interesting, though. And that leads us to who got the juice? Oh, all right. Yeah. Had to do something today. Had to make it real special. I like that, so, sir. The man that got the juice this week, Aaron Gordon. AG. Aaron Gordon, AG. That man was balling in game one. I, I would give it to Jokic and Murray, but, you know, they've already earned that. This week, we're going to give it to AG because he, he was balling out game one. He's been locking up, playing Great defense. Great addition to the Denver Nuggets. I'm glad they signed him because you can see it's really paying off for them. So he got the juice this week. Aaron Gordon brings a lot of juice, man. He brings a lot of energy. He's on defense. He's a pest. And he he gets in your grill. He'll stay with you. I, I said a couple weeks ago, like I was very impressed with the way that he was playing Kevin Durant. Like you, you can't stop Kevin Durant. There's nothing you can do to stop Kevin Durant. All you can do is get in his way, and he did that against LeBron James in the Western Conference Finals. He did that, and now in the in the NBA Finals, he, on offense, he's just too big of a mismatch. He's the epitome of a role player, I think, and he sees what's needed, 
He goes ahead and makes the adjustments. You know, some nights, hey, I'm gonna exert all of my energy on locking down your prime score. Next night, hey, you know what? Everything's locked down. Let me go ahead and make some quick cuts like he did in the first quarter. I mean, my goodness, he was getting to the rack so quick and easy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I, I, I do respect the man's game. I think he's a fantastic role player, and he complements this roster so well. What, what did they get him like four years ago? Three it it years was ago? Uh, it was right when it was right before Jamal Murray hurt his hurt his leg. So this is his, his third knee. year then. Yeah, this is his third year because when they traded for Aaron Gordon. That team played nine games together, and during that nine games, they were the best team in the league. And then Jamal Murray goes down. That was and, and that just devastating. Yeah. It, it, it killed a city for that to happen, and for them to like again, flowers he offer picking it back up and putting the pieces together and getting the juice, the fucking juice. Let him know who's got the juice. Eric Gordon's got the juice. Right. So within the next couple of weeks, I think we're going to be crowning the Denver Nuggets the, the NBA champions. It's going to be a, an interesting rest of the series. We'll see if Miami can make it competitive. Um, but moving on, man, there's, that's not the only title going down right now. We got the NHL season coming to the finale with the Stanley Cup finals. We got the Florida Panthers and Vegas Golden Knights for Lord Stanley. It's going to be interesting. I'm not necessarily a hockey man per se, but I was very... Confused but intrigued on how the whole hockey postseason panned out. You know what I'm saying? What was it? Edmonton? Was it Edmonton that had the most points? Or uh, it was Boston. Boston, excuse me. Boston Bruins had set the record right for the most points in a regular season and then get clipped in the first round by an eight seed. Yeah. That was yeah. wild. Hey, you want to know who that eight seed is? The Florida Panthers. Look, you know, they got a little Miami Heat thing going on right they now. They were the eight, and then Miami's eight yeah. too as well. I, I completely Yeah, there that that's crazy. There is a little connection. One thing. I can't say circling back to the Vegas Golden Knights is they have had a very successful start to their organization. Extremely. And that's very hard because a lot of expansion teams go through a lot of bumps and downs regardless of the, their given sport. But this seemed to hit the ground running. Yeah, I mean, they, real. they really did. I think hockey may have a little bit of an inside track on how to get teams up and going successfully because if you look at the Seattle Kraken too, they're in their second year and they just knocked off the defending champs in the, in the first round of the playoffs. It, which, you know, kills us as Avalanche fans. But, you know, hey, that's that's what it is. And so shout out to them. But if you look at other leagues and expansion teams that come in, the last one that came into the NBA was the Charlotte Bobcats. And they that has been a tumultuous team where they're now in New Orleans and known as the Pelicans. First draft pick, remember? Jaleel Okafor. Jaleel Okafor. Connecticut's own. <laughs> Every time I think of the Charlotte Bobcats, I think of Adam Morrison. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I can see that. <laughs> Because <laughs> the hair, that hair went everywhere, man. And yeah, that that was funny. And then if you go to the NFL, the latest expansion team was the Houston Texans, and dog water. They it took them a really long time to establish a culture, and unfortunately for them, the culture they established isn't a good one. So I mean, expansion teams have it rough. But so shout out to the Vegas Golden Knights and the Seattle Kraken for hitting the ground running and doing something with it. Absolutely, two Stanley Cup appearances. The last five years. In like the last five years. Five years. Yeah, that's, they, that they is started quite out in like 2017, 2018. Yeah, that that's insane. One of the things that strikes me the this most compelling about hockey is that you can get an eighteen year old cat out of high school and he can hit the ground running on the ice. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like literally, there's not really a big gap for like uh, your your minor leagues and stuff like that or trying to get them up to speed with what it is. It's just one of those those sports. Like if you got it, you got it almost like soccer, I guess you could say. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's the only one that I can really equate it to because, you know, baseball, you, you really can't. Basketball, I guess you can to an extent, but you're really not groomed and not, 
you know, well-rounded enough in football. Oh, I can't see that. Unless you're LeBron James. Unless you're a punter. <laughs> or a kicker, you know what I'm saying? Like something that translates. Because like, the kids that grow up playing hockey, the game doesn't change very much for them. They, like they get to the they get to the professional level and it's still the same game they've been playing. Whereas you know basketball, you have a little more thought to it. Football, you have a crazy amount of change between you know high school, college, and uh, NFL. It, it takes a there's a huge learning curve for them players coming in. It is. It, it's just a lot to go through. It's a lot to absorb and stuff like that. Just shout out to all those young athletes that go ahead and get it done on a professional level and they play the game thoroughly and efficiently and then they keep their nose right and you know what I mean? Like staying on the right path. But a lot of them are from Finland and they ain't no shit popping off in Finland or Switzerland <laughs> and Sweden. You could be 18 and, you know, not have to worry about that kind of stuff. I mean, if you're from Finland and with the last something in your last name that says in and in, I think you'll be a great player. Well, I'm half Danish, so shout out to Denmark. Shout out to Denmark right now. The nicest, one of the nicest countries in the world. I will say Say the Stanley Cup is probably the best championship to win and the hardest. It is cool because your name is etched on there. It's right? etched ever, on there, ever, ever. and it's and you the, can only... it's the same trophy too. You, yeah, they the just same they change trophy. The, the rings on it. That's they change the rings. That's badass. And you know what else is dope? Unless you have your name on the trophy, you can't fucking touch it. Exactly. That's true. You can't pick it up or nothing like that. Yeah. Damn, I didn't know that. They put it on display and stuff like that. You take pictures next to it, but you cannot hoist it up or touch it or anything like that. Wow. Okay. Unless your name is actually on there. I didn't know it till I was listening to 104.3 The Fan, and they were talking about after the abs won, and some other cat came over and tried to pick it up, and they were just kind of like, get I know the cup has its own personal security team, doesn't it? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes, it does. <laughs> hey, okay. So, side note question. If you guys were on a hockey team and you won the Stanley Cup, you know how you get to take it for a week and do whatever? Mm -hmm. What would you do? Where would you take the pictures? I, I would go, honestly, I would get like a cabin up in the mountains. I would fucking just chill there by the fire and I would smoke a blunt. Right on. I can and, see that. And maybe just make a big ass drink out of the cup. There you go. What would you do? <laughs> I would, it took me a minute. I was just picturing you with the blizzy. <laughs> just with a straw, a twisty straw going to fucking Lord Stanley's Cup. <laughs> nah, me. I'm different. We're going everywhere. I'm having my own personal parade, first of all. I'm taking the Stanley Cup to Disneyland. We're riding rides and all that shit together. I'll take that shit to Mexico. They don't know what the fuck it is. <laughs> like, what is that? Yeah, don't worry. Just put some shit in here. Come on. Put the little candies make on. A, make a big-ass margarita. Bro, put some tequila in there and shit. All right, Gary. Thank you for joining us today, man. I know you got to go ahead and uh, get up out of here, man. We appreciate you rolling through, man. Thank you for bringing your juice. Thank you for bringing your energy, your insights. Thank you for having me, gentlemen. Yeah, it's been a pleasure, man. Now, I, I've, I've seen your past shows and everything like that. I know you guys do your handles and all that stuff. Being 41, my landline is 720-552-4242. You can drop me a page at 720-555-1212. You can hit me up at AOL.com. Gary Enrique. No, I'm just Hey, my, my man still has dial-up, though, so it might take a couple of days to get to, the, get to the server. Old school like that. Page me. I will find a fucking... Telephone bank, and I will get back. He'll, he'll hit you with a with a payphone, like one of those old school collect calls. Like, call me back real quick. I <laughs> no, but actually, I do got a Twitter one. I just looked because I don't really do too much social media. It says Gary Enriquez eighteen. That's it. So don't don't call him after nine. You know, he be in bed. He be in bed at eight thirty. Having my warm milk. <laughs> <laughs> my warm milk and my stress blunt. Your, your warm milk and your Tylenol. <laughs> Watch the next episode. Siren Sports. This is the station. This is the outfit. This is the cast. You got Rico. You got Town. Check it out every single week. Brand new hot takes. If you haven't heard yet, you need to catch up because if you fall too far behind, we ain't looking back. There you go. That's right. Hey, we appreciate you, Gary. Thank yes, you for rolling through, bro. Yes, sir.
Shout out to Gary. That man's a legend. All right. Shit, it's it's always a uh, it's always good that we're able to broaden our horizons. It's, it's great to bring someone on who has so much energy, so much uh, so much opinion, so much juice. That man is the truth, and he got the juice. Okay, now I almost just spit some bars right there. Y'all better watch out. Go ahead. Nah, they, they don't want to hear <laughs> Hey, they, they don't deserve that shit. They don't deserve it. They don't deserve that shit. But all right, well, uh, we're going we gonna to cover the last little bit of this topic. Uh, who do you think is going to win the Stanley Cup? That's a hard one, you know. Ah, oh, man. It, it's really hard. If I'm being honest, I would really love to see Florida do it just because they started off as the lowest seed and they beat the best team to get to where they're at now. And they've just been balling, so... Honestly, I'm going to go with Florida. Like, Vegas is cool, but they, they also are rival to the Avs. So. No, for sure. I, I have to kind of look at it, like, impartially. Um, I think Vegas has an opportunity to really kind of cement themselves, and I think they're going to do it. Yeah, because they've been there before, even though they weren't successful the first time. Like, they still had an amazing team, and they've developed to get better and better. So, I mean, if Vegas wins, it's crazy because if Vegas wins – that will be the second championship in Vegas for a professional sports team because mm-hmm. the Las Vegas Aces won last year, WNBA. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, man. it's it's uh, Vegas is slowly turning into a sports town. Like, it's, it always was because of the betting factor yeah. and the gambling factor. But, like, with now these professional teams with, you know, the Raiders moving there, the Athletics moving over there. No, no. That's an interesting story to keep hold of because the Raiders and the Athletics already don't like each other. Beef. They didn't like each other when the Raiders were in Oakland. And now, for whatever reason, the Athletics are following the Raiders out to Vegas. And uh, Raiders owner Mark Davis wasn't happy about it. No, they're going, they going where the money's at. Clearly, they don't. The city of Oakland doesn't want to give them a new stadium. So their best choice is go to Vegas. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, man. Shit. Well, we've uh, we've covered quite a bit of uh, quite a bit of shit today. Covered all over the all over the sporting world. Talk some baseball. We talk some hockey. Some places that we usually don't touch. So it was nice to get a uh, get out of our little comfort zone for a minute. Facts. But shit, man. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and wrap this shit up. Uh, you want to plug your socials for the folks? Follow your boy at Father Juice on TikTok, Instagram. Let your mama know. Let your daddy know. Let your third cousin know, your grandma, I don't care. Follow your boy, but also support Siren Sports Podcast. You know, we're on all social medias. Don't be a hater. Go subscribe on YouTube. Yeah, go subscribe on YouTube. You know, that's where the the video exclusively drops. So if you want to see what us three were fucking up to today on video, you can go check it out on our YouTube. Um, If you're more into the audio side of shit, we are on Spotify. We are on Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, wherever the hell you want to look at, go get your podcast out. We're there. Um, just search up Siren Sports Podcast and we will pop up. We appreciate y'all. I go by the name of Town. You can catch me on all social medias at Town.5280. I appreciate y'all for uh, rolling through episode Ocho. Man, Siren Sports. Ne- Till next week, out. Yes, sir. Siren Sports is part of the Imprint Media Network.